This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. The death of Osama bin Laden led certain global markets, including the U.S., to quickly realize economic improvements. But political unrest in parts of the world where terrorism and sympathy for al-Qaeda are strong is likely to fuel long-term financial implications, the least of which relate to terrorist efforts to launder money and terrorist funding through legitimate banking channels. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with anti-money laundering expert Kevin Sullivan. Kevin, political unrest in certain parts of the world, namely Northern Africa, has led to enhanced scrutiny from regulators who have warned banking institutions to increase and enhance their SARs and be ever vigilant about violations to the Bank Secrecy Act. How has bin Laden's death expected to heighten already tense global political situations? I, I believe that the potential leadership vacuum might cause some confusion and or even a power struggle. However, uh, due to the West crackdown on terrorist financing, much of the funding of al-Qaeda has already been transferred to individual cells that are already self-funded. It's really unknown what consequences will develop uh, as the landscape is changing quickly uh, with the various social revolutions and now with this particular cancer being removed. Uh, it will be interesting to see just how things progress. And Kevin, how could bin Laden's death fuel efforts to launder terroristic funds through traditional and legitimate banking channels? Much of the al-Qaeda funding mechanism is now done through hawalas and non-traditional banking methods. And as a result of that, their funding has become more desperate and they have resorted to uh, things like drug trafficking, kidnapping, counterfeiting, and smuggling as a means to fund themselves. However, using hawalas and couriers are a very slow and inefficient method. So if there were to be any plans for a retaliatory event, the terrorists may have to return to more traditional methods of moving money to fund such an event. And what specific points or trends should banks and credit unions be on the lookout for? For instance, can they glean anything from increased ATM transactions or the opening of new bank accounts? Certainly, and they should be on the lookout for several patterns. Uh, one, any increased activity uh, within all areas that are considered to be high risk for terrorist activity. Uh, they should transfer to locations that are not consistent uh, with business activity. They should look at large overseas transfers that originate or are withdrawn in cash. They should be looking for transfers to or from unlicensed, unregistered, or unincorporated business entities. And finally, they should make sure that uh, their OFAC program is constantly updated and consistently scrubbed. And Kevin, what opportunities might terrorists or political figures from countries like Libya that have been flagged to funnel funds through prepaid services, how could they reap the benefits from some of these maybe their traditional yet alternative payment methods such as open loop prepaid credit cards? Well, I, I doubt that the death of bin Laden changes anything with regards to any other organized criminal and enterprise or, or any terrorist group. They will do what they do, 
which is exactly why the good guys have to remain as diligent as ever. What other financial instruments beyond prepaid cards might you consider to be of higher or greater risk than other payments channels for money laundering activity? Now, this is the question that always gets the most pushback. And there is a certain amount of naiveness within the ranks of entrepreneurs as it relates to their, uh, their new payment methods. They just don't think that money laundering and, or terrorist financing affects their payment technology. They make a very, very simple mistake. While they may be very bright engineers, they may be great developers or salesmen, they are usually not anti-money laundering folk or criminal justice people. They need to listen when those experts talk to them. This is the bottom line. Innovation equals opportunity. That is true of, of, of both the good guys and the bad guys. Money laundering is, a, is nothing more than a moving target, and the bad guys will constantly be looking for new means and methods. New methods are always especially helpful to the bad guys, particularly if the new method has no AML policies and procedures in place, there is no sharing of information with authorities, and the management is in strict denial that anything bad could ever happen to their system. Now, as, as I mentioned previously, the, the legitimate AML world has done a great job of cracking down on the usual tried and true money laundering methods, which is exactly why the bad guys will be looking at each and every new payment method that comes along. So, so to answer your question, the latest new method that is getting a lot of looks from the government is uh, mobile payment methods. Now, this does not mean that the industry in itself is bad, nor should there be any hysteria surrounding it. What it means is that it needs to be carefully evaluated, examined, and analyzed to find the holes that cre and, and create plugs for those holes. And just remember something. The, the, the credit cards have been around for a long, long, long time, and yet they still have issues with loss, fraud, and money laundering. And that doesn't make the credit card industry bad. Not at all. I mean, it should, however, point out how diligent the bad guys are in constantly developing new workarounds to counter the good guys' workarounds, and so on, and so on, and so on. And that's just the game that we play. Every time we build, the good guys build a 10-foot wall, the bad guys will construct an 11-foot ladder. And this should be an example to developers of new payment technology. Instead of denying the possibilities for issues, they should recognize the potential for problems, work with the authorities, and develop AML and fraud procedures and deal with it right from the get-go. Now, Kevin, I'd like to maybe take a step back and ask you a little bit more about your personal perspective. Your perspective is a bit different um, in that you have a personal connection to bin Laden and September 11. You were working for the New York State Police when bin Laden ordered al-Qaeda to attack the World Trade Center. What can you share with us about the impact that experience had on you personally as well as on your career? Well, uh, w with respect to those people who lost loved ones, I, I don't like to talk about it too much because I consider myself very, very lucky with how I managed to avoid injury uh, with reference to the uh, events of 9-11. But I will say that I will never, ever forget the memory of, of standing at Ground Zero surrounded by 10, 
story's worth of rubble, uh, and doing that every day for months, uh, and, and seeing the destruction and, and smelling this hideous odor that permeated in, in the air. Uh, but once I, a couple months after uh, I was reassigned back to my normal position uh, and back to doing the money laundering investigations, it was apparent that the, the, the rules of engagement had completely changed. There was more cooperation with the financial institutions, and the AML programs were now uh, seriously and prominently on the uh, compliance map. And how did September 11 affect your view of terrorism and the funding that goes into it? Well, while there had been previous wake-up calls, this was the one that woke up the sleeping giant. You know, previous to 9-11, we already had the BSA in effect. But it was fascinating seeing the countries come together to combat this issue. I remember reading many of the stars as part of my job duties prior to 9-11. And then the submission of SARS after 9-11 absolutely took off. The num and, and the number of informal meetings that law enforcement and the financial institutions had also skyrocketed, which uh, I think really became an important part of the cooperative effort and, and how we were managed to do a, such a, a good a job as we did do. And, and personally, 9-11 uh, ended up becoming the catalyst for what I do now uh, with the AML Training Academy, uh, which is mostly some form of, uh, of compliance training. Uh, uh, as, as I talked previously about some of the naiveness out there in some of the areas of the financial industries, particularly with new technologies, I found that, that going out and explaining to folks exactly who and what this is all about and how money laundering works from a street-level perspective and, and, and to be able to draw on actual experiences and, and talk to people about those as opposed to just giving them terms in a book and, and, and how it relates within their sphere of influence, that seems to uh, create the light bulb moment for a lot of people that understand it better. And for me, it, it seems to have some sort of uh, my own personal therapy involved in it. And given your personal connection, Kevin, how important is it for banks to be on guard for laundering of terrorist funding? Oh, uh, you, you just don't get anything much more important than this. I mean, firstly, you don't want anything bad to happen or, 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 or people to get injured in any type of event. Secondly, you don't want to be the financial institution that was used in the facilitation of any type of terrorist event. And thirdly, you know, you need to be on guard and comply with the regulations as you don't want to be fined by the regulators. And before we close, Kevin, what final thoughts would you like to leave our audience with as they relate to bin Laden and the impact his death is expected to have on the financial system generally? Uh, in the long run, I don't think it will have much impact. As, as I mentioned earlier, that most of Al-Qaeda is already self-funded on an individual, individual cell level. Further, bin Laden and Al-Qaeda are only one of numerous terroristic groups out there. However, in the short run, as we prepare for any type of retaliatory strike, uh, let us be cognizant that money is needed to fund these potential acts of terror, and you should be on the lookout for any type 
of sudden or suspicious money movement. This is not the end of the war on terrorism, but hopefully it's the beginning of an end. Kevin, I'd like to thank you again for your time today. Thank you, Tracy. I appreciate it. Again, we've just heard from AML expert Kevin Sullivan. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kidd. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.